Hi, this is Jeannie Patel-Thompson from ListenToYourGut.com, and today I'm talking with Bianca James from the Sydney Colon Health Clinic in Sydney, Australia. So just to let you know, if you want any more information about Bianca and her protocols, you can go to her website, www.colonhealth.com. .au, and you need the .au because it's in Australia. So, Bianca, thank you so much for um, getting up early and talking to me today. Oh, that's a great pleasure, Jeannie. It's lovely to uh, to be able to speak to you. Yes, and what I wanted to do, um, because of your training and you are so rigorous, I really wanted to speak to you about uh, something that's becoming more and more popular with people. And over here in North America, we tend to call it getting a colonic, or we call it colon hydrotherapy. Mm-hmm. And I guess for you guys, colonic irrigation or colonic lavage, are they all the same thing? Well, they are all the same thing. The difference is that we chose to use colonic lavage therapy because that's the medical terminology for colonic irrigation, colon hydrotherapy, getting a colonic, whatever else you want to call it. Colonic lavage is the medical terminology, which is still written up in all the medical books. It's it. It was in hospitals and done very rigorously in hospitals up until probably the mid-1970s when things like the microlax enema and, and, you know, laxatives and all of that became so popular that they pulled it out of hospitals because it was time-consuming and nobody wanted to do it when there was an easier way. So, right. so that's, that's the only difference, that, that uh, one is the medical terminology and the others aren't. And now it's becoming, I mean, especially among certain groups like the raw food movement, for example, Mm. it's becoming something that um, I know there's a lot of raw foodists who say, oh, you've got to get colonics done uh, every month and you've got to, and then they'll do these fasts and they have a colonic every day. And so I want to talk about that. I want to talk about, first of all, in your opinion, as someone who's been doing this and who is you know, a full professional, I'd like you to, I mean, you you are a nurse, correct? Yes. And then you have additional qualifications? Yes, I have I have qualifications in postgraduate gastroenterology, uh, and this is all in the hospital system before I actually went into holistic health. Perfect. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, because I want to know, you know, I think there's, you know, I know here we've got, you know, colonic, uh, colon hydrotherapy clinic springing up, you know, daily. And so, uh-huh, so people, yeah. So I guess let's start at the beginning. First of all, what is it if you want to go and have this done? Because I think people don't understand that the potential for infection or bowel perforation or any of those things. They don't understand that that is a viable risk, and so they're not being as careful as they should be. And so, based on your training, and you've done, you know tens of thousands of these mm-hmm. procedures, what does somebody need to look for in a practitioner to make sure that they're going to be safe? Well, I, you know, that, that's a really great question, Jenny, and I'm, I'm so pleased that you've asked it because you're right. I'm sure that in the States, as in Australia, um, there's so much hype now about, you know, a colonic. You know, the, the movie stars do it. The, you know, all these high-profile people that are doing colonics, and then the papers pick it up and the news magazines pick it up. And so people that read that say, oh, yeah, well, if this is a good thing for them, then it must be a good thing for me, particularly yeah. when you when you hear, you know, them saying, oh, yes, because I went to the Logies or the Oscars or whatever and I needed to lose a few pounds. And people think, wow, well, if this is great for them, then it's got to be good for me. Me. And, exactly. and 
Yeah, and as you've as you've said, um, in the states, the same thing is happening here. There are facilities springing up all over the place on a daily basis, and a lot of these people, sadly, have absolutely no training, no qualifications. They, I don't know whether they look. I'm sure that in their in their hearts, they they think that they're doing the right thing for the good of humanity, but they don't look at the consequences of opening a facility and the people that they're going to see. They can't, they themselves don't see the risks. And so they open these places, they open the door, they, they put an ad in a newspaper or on the television or something and suddenly, you know, people go to them because, well, this is the great new place. And people do get into trouble and and you know as with all procedures this one is also fraught with danger and you've got to be careful and you've got to be safe and that that's my major message to people colonics have a tremendous benefit but there is also a risk and people have to be safe so you know if they're going to go out and look for a facility to go to the first thing they've got to do is actually go and see it if it's clean, if it's if it's um, you know if the safety aspect seems to be there in as far as cleanliness, well, that's the first start. You know, then they've got to find out about the therapist. What qualifications does this therapist have? Is it somebody who worked in a in a in a supermarket one minute and opened a facility and is now a therapist because they've done ten hours of training somewhere? Mm-hmm. Or, or have these people got genuine qualifications? And to my way of thinking, because this is um, this falls under the Skin Penetrations Act, um, so the only people that really should do something which belongs to the skin penetrations are registered nurses. And I, you know, I can't get away from that. Um, so, you know, what qualifications does this therapist have? How long have they been a therapist? How much training did they get? Who mm-hmm. trained them? And what qualifications does that person have? Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's really important. Then on the equipment side, what kind of equipment is it? I mean, in the States, I know you have the Detollers and you have uh, the Libbies and you have a lot of these um, machines which I know are FDA um, regulated. You know, the FDA does reg- regulate the manufacture of these units, this equipment. And then I also know that your FDA monitors what people say about the equipment, um, in, in, you know, so that there's no false claims made, but they also don't regulate the usage or who does it or who operates it, and and we're the same in Australia. We don't have anyone who even oversees the manufacture. So a lot of the equipment may not be up to scratch. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these um, uh, these um, um, treatment units now have viewing tubes. Now these viewing tubes can't be disposed of. And oh, that, so they can see what's coming out of their colon. Yes, that, that's right. right. But the thing is that they might dispose of the tubing and they might clean the, the area, but the viewing tube can't be disposed of. So, oh. you know, if you have a therapist who may not be as meticulous as they should be in as far as sterility, they might run a bit of cold water through the, through the tubing at the end of the treatment, or they might run a bit of detergent through the tubing at the end of the treatment, or... At the end of the night, they just might clean it up and leave it, but bugs can grow. 
Mm. And you know, we we in Australia here, I helped um, our New South Wales Health Department write regulations which were completed in 2000 because eight people were given Hep C from one of these machines. Well, and I have to interrupt for a minute here because of my background, I've done extensive research on the colonoscopy procedure. Mm. And there you have a similar but even worse because the the colonoscope itself cannot be sterilized. It's been proven in medical peer-reviewed journals. And mm. sometimes they can sterilize, of course, for a certain uh, number That's of pathogens. Right. But for the really tenacious things like the mycobacterium ovium paratuberculosis, known as MAP, mm-hmm. they can't kill that. They have no, tried. That's right. They have tried commercial disinfectants. They have tried temperatures higher than the temperature on the surface of Mars. They ha- they have tried everything and then tested it. And those the MAP, um, it's a bacterial fungal Bacteria. hybrid, is yeah. still there. That's right. right? So mm-hmm. let's take that to what you're saying. Let's say you did um, a colonic on somebody with Crohn's disease or someone who had active MAP, and you mm-hmm. had this viewing tube. Mm-hmm. And then there's nothing you can do to clean that MAP out of that viewing tube. So the next customer and on who you use is going to get implanted with that pathogen. Well, it's it's a risk. It may not exactly. happen because it it's may got not to happen. run back right. up and, and it, it's, you know, it may not happen. But if you have a person, for example, who is the therapist who has to do the cleanup at the end, they don't know what's right and what's wrong in as far as infection control. It's not mm-hmm. something that is in their line of work because they've never done it. So, exactly. you know, they clean the tube, they think they're doing the right thing, when in fact, you know, there is a potential for risk. And that's all I'm saying. I mean, I'm, I'm not for any, for any, in any circumstances at all, suggesting that every therapist is, is shoddy with their work and, and doesn't do it properly because I'm sure that nobody would go into this industry without really having the welfare of people at heart and wanting to do the right thing and help, you know, the people that need that help. What so I now am what suggesting. About, go ahead. No, no. What I what I am suggesting that is often these therapists themselves don't understand the risk. You know, when I when I mention it to them, they say, "Oh, I'd never thought about that," and "Oh, well, yes, I," mm, you know, and they really hadn't ever thought about it. Exactly. And that's my point: that people who go to have these therapies really go for whatever the reason is, and they surely don't want to come out with something worse than they went in with. Mm-hmm. And now what about um, in the United States? Isn't the big organization there uh, the International Association of Colonic Therapists? Yes. IACT, right. Mm -hmm. What about them? Are they, do you consider their standards to be high enough? Well, look, they may be these days. I mean, back in the 1990s, they invited me to come and lecture for them, and it was a joke. I mean, it really was a joke the way they certified their people. I mean, that was a lot of years ago now, and I would hope, sincerely hope, that that they have improved, you know, the way they do things. But um, and and for people doing the training who live in the states, who are in the states, that might also be you know, much better than somebody coming from Australia, for example, who's bought an American machine who then has to come back to Australia and plumb it up. And our plumbing system is very different to yours as well. So, you know, that that in itself is, is a problem. Um, but then they, they fly over there and do a weekend course and then come back here and, and call themselves therapists. Oh, my Lord. So, 
you know that 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 and and as i say at the time that i was over there i i was very very disappointed because i had i had started up my clinic there were no there was nobody out here who really did anything like this so when i heard about i act i was really excited and i thought look i'll go over there and i'll i'll see what goes on and and, and i was just so disappointed i can't tell you mm-hmm. um so, you know, I don't know very much about them from that time because I disassociated myself with them um, right. after a number of years. And so I really can't say whether, whether, but I would hope, sincerely, sincerely hope that they've improved, you know, what they did in those days. Right. But, you know, even so, as you said, if you make sure that the person is a registered nurse, that's probably your best safeguard in terms of a therapist. Absolutely. And then whatever, Absolutely. whatever additional. I mean, the, the, the registered nurses that we employ, and we employ only registered nurses in our clinic, and we have a very, very large clinic in Sydney, um, our registered nurses who are all registered nurses, so they've got, and they're, they're of the old school, so they've had four years of training in the hospitals. Then they've had to do uh, some sort of gastro thing, which most of them have done. Then they have to undertake 500 hours with me before I let them run solo. 500 right. hours. Mm-hmm. you know before rigorous. i let them run so you can't get better than that you know yes, you can't exactly. get better than that and i mean i've had people internationally because when i when i've come overseas and i've lectured on these things you know i've had people come up to me from all over the world saying well how difficult is it to stick a tube into somebody's bottom <laughs> well, it's not as simple as that you know yeah. it's just not a matter of sticking a tube into somebody's bottom Exactly. Now, so let's move on to that. So tell me exactly, I mean, because I I have a very confused picture. I mean, I had thought, oh, you insert, I I had thought of colonic irrigation as similar to doing an enema at home, right? You stick the tube in, you put the liquid in, you pull the tube out, you, you know, relieve yourself into the toilet. And -hmm. then someone said to me, no, no, it's not like that at all. The tube stays in and there's a shut-off valve and there's a... And then I started thinking and then I went and I read on your website and it's a different... So obviously people are using different systems. Yes, there's a a system which is called the closed system or pressurized system and there is the open system or non-pressurized system. Now, if you, if you, so would you like me to describe those to you? Yes, please. Okay. The closed system is a system where everything is closed. There is no um, a body fluid that goes into the open, so to speak. So a right. person lies on, it's pretty much a massage couch, and a tube which is the size of, it's between, well, in Australia, I don't know about your your currency, so I can only speak about the Australian money. But it's the it's the it's the size between a fifty cent piece and a twenty cent piece. So it's quite a large tube. About about put, what an inch or half an inch or what? Would oh that be? no no no! It's more than that. It's about in diameter. Do you use do you do inches or centimeters? Inches. Inches. Okay, it's about an inch and a half. <gasps> You're kidding me. No. It's about an inch and a half in diameter. Now, and, and it's people tapered. are able to. It's people are, they, Sorry, are people able to insert that without well, any tearing well, or the discomfort? Do, which is why you know hemorrhoids can be can be perforated. All sorts of things happen. I mean, it's tapered at the end. It's a little narrower at the end, so it's probably about um, about half an inch as it 
oh, yeah, about half an inch, then it goes up to an inch and it ends up at an inch and a half by oh the time God. it's inserted. Then it's that, that tubing is attached to what looks a bit like a vacuum cleaner hose. Mm. And it has um, it has a little um, opening in it, which has another hose attached to it, which goes to the clean water line. So the person lies on their side, generally speaking, to start with. The, ho the, the, the rectal tube, the tube is inserted. The therapist has to stay with that person throughout the entire treatment because they actually control the procedure. So the tube is inserted, the, the handle is turned, water through this little line is inserted into the colon. The person lies there and when the person who's having the treatment says, oh, I'm getting full, I can't take anymore, the valve is turned off. Another valve is turned and fecal matter in wa and water is now released and comes through the vacuum cleaner hose. Okay. goes through the viewing tube, and then go, gets disposed of. And is there any when, suction, or is it just gravity? No, well, it's sucked out. It's, it's, it's because the person, doesn't, the person having the treatment does nothing. They just lay there and right. say that they're full and they can't take any more water, and that's their input into the treatment. Once mm. the water's been and fecal matter has been eliminated, the valve is turned again, more water is taken in, and the same procedure happens. Nothing, nothing goes to the open air so it's all within the tube right so if that person for example is very bloated has a tremendous amount of flatulence mm -hmm. because there is no way that that flatulence and fecal matter can be released other than through the tube that it's got to come through there is a very there's a good possibility of a blowout which often happens where the whole tube just blows out of the bowel oh. does that make sense Yes. Right. So it can yeah. be rather messy. Oh, yeah. So, so in a nutshell, that's the closed system. The open system, which is what we work with and we designed, built, manufactured all of our own treatment units, the open system means that there is, and the Libby that you have over in the States is using the closed system technology but an open system bed, which is the Libby. Okay. So our bed is a bed which has a toilet built into it. Right. The person lies on a couch reclined, putting their bottom against the toilet bowl which is built into the couch. So they're reclining on a table with their bottom against the toilet. And the therapist okay. passes a pencil-thin, sterile, disposable, single-use rectal tube into the person's bottom, attaches some tubing to the machine and from there on once we press the drain button there is a tank which contains 14 litres of purified water that's heated to internal body temperature so the person right. lays there the tube is now inserted the therapist presses the drain button and from that minute on everything is automatic and the person having the treatment is in total control of the procedure now that means that as the water slowly goes through this pencil-thin rectal tube and mm -hmm. infuses into their bowel, they can take in as much or as little water as is comfortable for them and they can eliminate any time they feel the need simply by pushing out. And what happens right. is that the water, the fecal matter, the gas, the, anything that's in the bowel comes out around the rectal tube 
the rectal tube stays in place, but the procedure stops. Now, how is it that no fecal matter goes into the tube? Because of the way that we have tooled the rectal tube and the way that we have made the holes, there is no way that anything else can go that, that anything can go into the rectal tube. Right. Okay. So once the person has eliminated, automatically more water gently infuses into the bowel. And they again get that feeling of fullness. They eliminate, more water goes in, they eliminate. And over the period of the treatment, the bowel is emptied, cleansed, and we actually even strengthen the muscle because it's a bit like going to the gym. You know, you right. take water right. in, you push it out, and the muscle is working. Right. As opposed to just lying there, letting the therapist push the water in and your only input is saying, I can't take any more. Right. So there now, is a question, huge difference. Question for you. Mm-hmm. For that pencil-thin tube, mm-hmm. um, is it inserted past the internal anal sphincter? or yes. does, Like how far in? Yes, it does. Yes, inches. In inches, again, it's inserted about three inches. Okay. Okay, now, so my my next question automatically is what if someone has um, strictures in their mm-hmm. in their anus or their rectum or they have mm-hmm. an anal stenosis where mm-hmm. oftentimes the internal anal sphincter is either narrowed or it just mm-hmm. it's the tissue's very rigid from scar tissue mm-hmm. or even psychologically it just doesn't want to open. Can mm-hmm. you do a colonic treatment on someone like that, or is it do you tend to avoid it? No, we we don't have a problem with that. Again, because ah. because all staff are registered nurses, we we can we can very gently massage the anal sphincter to release. Because of the way our tube is is designed and manufactured, it is very very smooth. So we don't have any problem. I mean, we treat children as young as three in our clinic. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we see pregnant women right through their pregnancy. We have a lot of bowel cancers, a lot of people that have, you know, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, very nasty, nasty hemorrhoids. We never have had a problem inserting wow. rectal tubes. Fistulas, now, fissures, doesn't matter. I'm fascinated by this massage to get the rectum relaxed. Is there any way you can describe that to me over the phone or would it be um, something you'd have to see? Well, well, you, you've got to actually use your index finger and, mm-hmm. and gently with lubricating, with, with a lubricant, gently, gently massage the external part of the rectum, the, 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 the anus. And, and it's a bit hard to describe, but the sphincter sort of runs down into the base of the anus and you can, by gently massaging it, you can actually relax it. That's and you've got your tube there at exactly the same time. And as you feel the anus, the anal sphincter relaxing, you gently insert the tube. Mm-hmm. And often you do it in a twisting, with, with a little twist to it. You, you're, you're rolling it. Wow. And it, and, it, and it just goes in. I mean, it, it does. It just goes in. I can't, you know, it's, no, it's quite amazing. amazing. Because yeah, the only other the only other way I've heard of getting that internal anal sphincter to, to relax is by using craniosacral therapy, and mm-hmm. for that they will either again insert you know their smallest finger in just inside the anus, or That's for right. women they can work through the vagina. Yeah, well we don't uh, we we don't 
go there. We don't do stuff like that. You don't need um, to. If you've, you, seem you to know, I mean, we technique. we are very highly qualified, but we are only registered nurses, and I would not. Um, we've not done that. You know, I mean, I'm sure that in a situation, if we needed to, it would be fine. And with permission from the client, it really wouldn't be a problem. But it's not something we've really ever needed to do because it's it's never been necessary. Wow, this this is absolutely fabulous. Now, we've got time for one more question. And so I want you to talk to me about the frequency because, like I said, there's a whole movement of people who are just, they're like crazy for colonics, and they want to mm. do them regularly, ongoing for years and years. And, mm. again, me coming from my background, where a lot of the work that we do for healing people is to establish a balanced, healthy bacteria, bacterial flora, the mm. thought of, you know, every month or every couple of weeks going in and just Getting rid of all that and and leaving you know a vacuum in place. What, what tell me tell me about that? What's your thoughts and experience on that? Look, I think it's very dependent upon the person and their problem. If mm-hmm. you have, as we often do, have people come to us who are totally laxative dependent, and I mean 150 laxatives a day, oh and God. nothing's happening. Wow. You bring them you bring them into the clinic and they are beyond knowing what to do. I mean, it's just, you know, they're just over it. They've been mm. to doctors, their bowel's going to be removed. Um, you know, same thing with Crohn's disease, their bowel's going to be removed. They come to us, but let's do one thing at a time with laxatives. So you get somebody who comes in, they're taking 150 laxatives, nothing's working. The laxatives aren't working, nothing's working. They've been told they're going to have their bowel removed because of that reason. It's just totally gone. Mm-hmm. So you say to them, okay, you know, we need to we need to get this garbage out of you. We give them a colonic. If we said to them, okay, well, that's it. You've had a colonic now. We don't want to see you until a week from now. Mm. That person in two days is going to take their laxatives. We don't want them to take any more laxatives. And I say to them, that's it. No more laxatives. How long Mm. would you be comfortable not going to the toilet and and opening your bowel? How long would you be comfortable? Oh, two days. What would happen then? Oh, I'd reach for the laxatives. Fine. Instead of the reaching for the laxatives, you're going to come back and have a treatment. Right. And so we now take the place of the laxative until we get to the bowel, number one, empty. Number two, Mm. get them psychologically ready to accept the fact that they don't need to reach for the laxative. Right. And then allow their bowel and healing to occur where we may implant them. We may do a probiotic infusion, uh, which, which they retain just to pick everything up to get everything back into balance. Mm-hmm. That takes time. And during well, that and time, also, we need to bring them in. Yes, and, and also, as you, as you pointed out before, with your technique and the tubing that you use, you are also retraining the bowel in the peristaltic contraction. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. You know, I mean, look, we, we have had the clinic now for 20 years. In that 20 years... I would say that I have had maybe close on a treatment every month. And I can have a treatment at 7 o'clock one night and at 6 o'clock the following morning I'll go to the toilet and open my bowel. So Hmm. in 20 years of having all those colonics, my bowel has never gotten used to it. 
I have no problem with my internal health. But, mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of people, and with the closed system, I would never advocate that. Right. Because the bowel becomes very lazy, and then it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. So, right. you know, it depends on the system as well that you're yeah, using. Exactly. You know, and it depends on, again, the qualification of the therapist. If they're going to give you a treatment every day and not recommend that you put probiotics in there and not replenish, I mean, there is no there is no system, closed or open, that when you have that treatment, you're not going to take out good bacteria. Exactly. But you're taking out the bad. You can't help but take out the good. But you've got to replenish the good. Mm-hmm. And you've got the ideal environment, which is now clean, in which to put good probiotics so that it can grow. So at some point in everyone's treatment who comes to your clinic, do they receive the probiotic infusion into no. the colon? No, but they, they take it orally. Every single oh, person okay. in our clinic. And if they have had two treatments and have yet not purchased a probiotic, we say to them, we won't treat you anymore. We won't give you any more treatment. That's it. You have to start taking a probiotic or we will not give you any more treatments. And we're very stringent with all of that. Yes. Do you let them take whichever probiotic they want or do you recommend? We prefer them to take the one that we sell, which is Natrine, which is an American product. And it's a terrible hassle to bring into the country sometimes, but we persist because it's a great product and and that's that's the only one we use. We sell it at the clinic, we use it for infusion, we give it to people um, to take home with them and that's the one that we recommend. Most people do take it. Some people go off and buy something else from the chemist and then eventually when it's not working and they've got lots of gas and they're bloated and feeling unwell, we transfer them through to the new one and then they're fine. But yes, we would exactly. never, ever allow anybody to have treatment without recommending probiotics. Because now, that's Natrin, Exactly. And Natrin is the brand that I recommend as well. So if I have readers who maybe don't want a colonic treatment, but they want to purchase the probiotics, can they get them from you? Absolutely. Oh, perfect. Because, yes, yeah, exactly absolutely. what you said. It can be, it's, a, it's very expensive to keep shipping them into the country. Well, Especially it is, but order we, usually order. Have them, we usually have them on special and we, we usually sell them for a lot less than anybody else because we sell so much of it. Um, Perfect. And yes, we're, we're happy to. And, you know, um, back in um, 1997, I think it was, or maybe 1998, I don't really remember, just before we started to do our probiotic, human-to-human probiotic infusion, we actually did some research on the probiotics around because there are so many of them. And you've got the Yokolts and things in in the States too, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we had a lot of – there was a lot of controversy here in Australia about probiotics and how they were all so good and there were trillions and millions and quadruply millions of of good bacteria, so they had to be good. And and I kept saying, well, that's fine. They can – when they manufacture it, they can put whatever they like in and I'm sure they would have to put in what they say. But it's not a point of what's in the bottle. It's a point of what gets through to the areas that it needs to colonize in and survive. Exactly. So we, and um, what's still alive when the person takes it out of the bottle. What survives. 
so yeah. we um, we took six of our patients and we um, we gave um, we, we took stool samples from all of them and sent them off to the university um, and had them analysed and then we put them all put these six different people on six different probiotics. Um, using they had the same diet. It was a very stringent program for six weeks, and um, um, they they took you know one of them took uh, the natrine product, one of them took a product which we have in Australia called Inner Health, and somebody else took Vigo Colts, and somebody else took something else and something else. And at the end of six weeks, we took their stool again, and we sent it back off to the to the to the lab to have analysed to see how much probiotic actually survived in that six weeks and you know the only one that came through was natrine it was the only one that actually picked up the bacterial count all the others were either the same or lower yeah so that 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 was sort of what convinced me to stick with natrine and that's why i've done it all these years well that's fabulous that you were able to do such a controlled trial because you know that this is what's missing from the whole supplement industry is that nobody will take the time and the money to do something like that yeah, no, well, that's, that's the problem, you know, and they yeah. they have this 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 great advertising on television, and you know where they spend a tremendous amount of money trying to convince people of how good it is, um, and how much live bacteria is there, and that might be true, but none of it gets to where it's supposed to go because it all dies on the way through. Exactly, exactly. Well, so, Bianca, this has been fabulous, and um, I just want to give your website out again for anybody who is interested in any type of colonic therapy, uh, probiotic retention enema, probiotic infusions, and also, as I said, um, anybody in, in Australia or Sydney who wants to buy their nature and probiotics a little more locally, uh, yes. Bianca or James have a colonic Clinic. that they know they're going to be safe having. Well, exactly. So uh, Bianca's website, again, is www.colonhealth.com. And Bianca, you mentioned just at the end there about a human-to-human probiotic fecal infusion thing. And that's something, that's another really fascinating uh, topic. And we are going to be having a full-length hour-and-a-half teleseminar to discuss that um, in the near future. So we will... We will leave all that for next time, but just so people know that it's coming. And mm-hmm. thank you so much for this. I mean, I've I've learned so much in this. We went a bit over time, but I think it was definitely yes. worth it. Yes. Well, it was been, it's been a great pleasure to speak to you, and um, and I look forward to speaking with you again. Wonderful.